guys, I'm Danny, and thanks for tuning in to The Grown Up Hustle. This podcast is based on real people sharing all their different journeys as they navigate this crazy ride called adulting. From coffee o'clock to wine o'clock and all that happens in between, we're here to openly discuss how we're all just really hustling our way through life. So if you're ready for the highs, the lows, and a whole lot of real talk, then stay tuned because we've got you covered. Welcome back. I am in the best mood ever. I am loving this hot weather. I cannot believe how hot it actually is. It is the first time that I have not complained about moving over here. Literally the first time in a good week, I would say. Just everyone else is complaining because they're far too hot, but I am so happy. And uh, for any of you that follow my Instagram, you'll notice I'm even more happy because um, I have an AC unit. So I asked my husband if he would bring me home some AC probably the past two summers and um, this AC unit never materialised and then uh, they put a weather warning out that it was going to be warm. Weather warning, can you believe it? In the UK, hilarious. But um, yeah, I put this weather warning out and the other day I see him strolling up towards the front door carrying a big box and it was a big AC unit. And I was like, oh, like, thanks, you bought me AC. And he's like, yeah, for the dogs, so they're not hot. I mean, at least at least I know where I stand in the whole situation. <laughs> but anyway, busy week for me as always. Um, I'd definitely be a liar if I said I wasn't fully opportunistic and making the most of the sunshine, but I have been working hard. Um, did a uh, season finale for the Unhinged and Bumbled Up podcast. So as you guys know, I had Liz, who is one of the co-hosts of Unhinged and Bumbled Up, on the show last week. You might remember her as my date for a year as well. Uh, and they invited myself on the show uh, along with Joe, who's a codependency coach, and Fee, who's the host or the co-host, I should say, of the Love Bites podcast. So we had an absolutely brilliant laugh. And I think that episode is due to drop next week. Don't quote me, could be the week after, but it should be a real, real good one. And I will share it on my socials when it's out if you guys don't already follow the Unhinged and Bumbled Up podcast. But to say we covered a huge, huge array of topics would be next level. And we laughed a lot. It's amazing when you put a whole bunch of podcasters together, the sort of levels of conversation that come out, they were definitely very mixed. Uh, apart from that, what else have I been up to? I went to Friends Fest actually on Monday. Never been before. Um, a huge Friends fan, like literally the biggest Friends fan in the whole world. And I thought, Do you know what, let's give it a go. But I went, it was super hot. It was pretty cool. Got some pictures on the film sets and stuff, but um, they couldn't put the AC on because of COVID. So it was 33 degrees in a tent. I mean, you can just imagine. So the pictures aren't the most glamorous. No makeup, was sweating, melting. The masks had to be worn in the tent and then just taken off for the pictures. It was like a whole ordeal. And then today... I got messaged by Phil from Unhinged asking for a photograph of me. Said he needed a photograph to put on the promo for the show, for the season finale. I don't have any pictures of me on my own, except my wedding day. Literally none. So I went through my whole phone. I went through my uh, personal Instagram. There are no pictures. They're all with friends 
and, and most of them I'm doing something ridiculous. And I said to him, you've got two options here. It's either full catfish pictures or pictures of me just like pulling a gun face and doing something retarded. But either way, none of these pictures are great. So poor guy, just giving him a random selection of pictures, said just do what you can. But it did make me realise I should probably be taking some more photos on my own or maybe get some like editorial shots done. I did think that when I was building the website, actually, but hey-ho, we move. So I've got my friend Lauren on this week's show. And Lauren was, for anyone who's been following me for a long time or listened to any of my shows that I've done with other people, guest spots, Lauren was really the kick up the butt that I needed when I started this podcast. And I won't go into it too much now in the intro because obviously we talk about it on the show. But we're going to be talking today about comparison being the thief of joy and how all of us are looking at each other's lives, thinking the next person has got their shit together and actually none of us fucking have that is the hard truth so I'm not going to go on too much because like I said a lot of it is covered in the show but let's get started hey Lauren welcome to the show how are you going today I'm good thank you thank you so much for inviting me on thank you so much for everything you've done for actually bringing this whole podcast to fruition for me because without your input there wouldn't have actually been a podcast I don't think it's really crazy I'm quite humbled by that so thank you so um, a little bit for the listeners um, anyone that has missed any of the posts or mentions of Lauren on my show or shows I've done with other people. Me and Lauren have been friends for, God, I don't know, maybe eight years, 10 years? Must be, it must be approaching the, the decade mark for sure. Quite a while. Um, we met over in Sydney, Australia and became friends over there and just kind of like kept in contact loosely then over the years. Um, we both moved to the UK and back in the middle of lockdown, good old UK lockdown last summer, we got to talking on social media. And um, Lauren was saying, you know, and I'm looking at your life and it looks so amazing and da, da 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 And I was like, what? And I was like, I'm looking at your life and it looks so amazing. <laughs> and we just started laughing about how that that comparison on socials and of each other's lives, you know, is so, so ridiculous, really, because everyone just wants what someone else has got. And that idea then was what? about Grown Up Hustle, the podcast. And I've been hankering on to have you on the show from the get-go. So we've finally done it for season two. We, we locked it down. <laughs> so today's um, episode is going to be on comparison being the thief of joy, because that is obviously what what it all started with for, for the idea of the podcast. And I think it was Theodore Roosevelt that made that uh, statement yeah so basically what was it for you let's let's go back what was it for you that brought about that conversation so I um have always been hyper ambitious career has been everything for me always um and I'm very much on the path that I want to be with my career uh I found that what they don't tell you is when you kind of get in the right direction of where you want to be that you start to then look around you uh, at the other people that are doing different things like getting married and perhaps having children or buying houses uh, and and you start to crave to crave out with that little path I was very tunnel visioned so the conversation that we had I on social media looked at your life and you you'd been I think you have you been married two years now yeah 
kind of recently-ish married, beautiful house, countryside with the dogs, you know, married to someone that you have known for, you know, kind of childhood sweethearts. Yeah. Well, not childhood sweethearts, but yeah, 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 yeah good. We were good. Close, you know, like someone you've known for a yeah. long time. And, and and although I'm super happy with my career, I, I looked at your life and thought, oh, that's what's missing. That's what I want. I want to be out of, you know, the busyness of London. I want to be, have the house in the country for my dog to run around. I want the relationship, the marriage. And, and that's what triggered it all, really. And, and it was just in a place of, yeah, that, that's it. She's got it. <laughs> and it's funny because for me, obviously, I looked at your life and yeah. I am in the countryside and it is, it's boring. Like that is the bottom line. It's beautiful. <laughs> but it's very quiet. It's a very quiet life. So I'm looking at your life. Obviously, you're a beautiful woman, highly successful. You've built an incredible agency. I mean, you had an agency in Sydney. You've now got an agency over here. You are so ambitious, so motivated, so driven. You seem to have this super glamorous life living in in the center of London you know always out and about at bars at restaurants doing x y and z and for me that was a natural comparison to think yeah okay well I've got I've got the nice home in the countryside and and the husband but but actually I'm looking at your life with this incredible career and this business you've built and it is unfortunately you can't help but compare yourself to others and what other people have got and then it almost takes away from your own happiness it really time. does it does and you know the grass is never greener it's that saying as well because well you know we look at social media and, and everyone is that highlight reel uh it's all boxed up to perfection you know I may be going to these events but it, it doesn't mean to say that when I get to these events I'm not going to have a couple of drinks to sort of socially lubricate myself and feel a bit shit in the morning and and then have to go about my day, but also feel these pressures of having to, you know, obviously pre-COVID attend events to stay relevant in the industry that I work in and also hold it together and answer my staff's questions and pay all my bills. So, you know, it's it's not as, as pretty as it all looks on social media, I think. But the same for me, you know, I'm I, from the other side, you know, it's not as pretty as it all looks when you own your own home. Like I've said in another podcast, you're liable for everything that goes wrong. You can't just ring your landlord and be like, hey, like my, my roof's leaking. Can you come and fix it? It's like, oh, fuck, me. <laughs> 20 grand, like I better, better dig that out from somewhere to fix the roof and stuff. And, you know, we're very quick on, on, on the socials. Everyone, I would say very few people put, you know, the raw truth on socials, very, very few people. And we're so quick to see what people put out there, but miss what's going on in the background. So, you know, they don't see me like a prime example. Okay. Prime example. So obviously I do live in the countryside. This is my life. The other day I was sat in the kitchen and um, I'm not scared of anything. Like we've had bats here because we live in barn conversions. We've had bats in the house, snakes, toads. We have a lot of spiders. Nothing, nothing phases me, but I'm not a big fan of, of anything that stings. And I was sat in the kitchen and I heard a noise. I thought, shit, that sounds like a, a bee or a wasp. There's, there's, there's something. And then I looked and I saw two and they were on the inside of the, the window in the hall. And I thought, oh, how did they, how did they get in here? So very cute but I went out with my shoe and I thought well, I'm gonna to have to kill them because obviously if they sting the dogs it's going to be really bad and then I went out with the shoe and all of a sudden there was more but the window was closed okay so there was more so then all of a sudden there's about six so I thought fuck this is not good so I went out into the kitchen and I got some RDAP bug spray 
and I went out into the hall and just sprayed the window frame where these 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 wasps were and then within the space of I would say probably 60 to 90 seconds so all this happened very very quickly um <laughs> there was no word of a lie a whole swarm of bees inside my house and they had gotten in through a gap where the barn is connected to an extension I'm running around like slamming all the doors um I had no glass on the stable door yet so I had to cling film the gaps so that my dogs were protected and then I'm trying to get out because there's a door on every single room in my house that leads to outside so I'm trying to get around my house with my dogs into a secure room and this is how how horrendous it can be here that we've actually got rent to kill on on speed dial um, friends with someone from rent to kill and he will just come out so god bless him he came out that night and he was like fuck like and he was like I knew you were scared because you're not scared of anything can you rung me like "Ah," like having a breakdown but he was like when he came like our doors and windows were fucking crawling from the inside and I'm stood on the outside looking at them and he was like, if you'd gone in, like there were so many, they would have all just charged and stung you. It would have killed you. I was brilliant, you know, brilliant. This is my, and that is, that is my life. Those things yeah. don't get put onto social media. No. But like, that is my life or, you know. stresses that you wouldn't foresee almost. No, and I'm not going to, well, maybe I might put that on social media. <laughs> possibly I've just put it on a podcast, but, you know, people don't, don't sort of see those, those things where I'm having like a breakdown or, you know, I'm stuck out in the countryside and I can't just, just quickly pop out for a coffee to go and see my friends or because all my friends are in in central London realistically and you know it's it's all the other things the the cooking the cleaning the mundane shit that nobody puts out there and it just it, unfortunately people only see the nice stuff the holidays you know the cute dog pictures or I don't know whatever it might be and they they it, it is unfortunately the the route of all evil comparison because you'll always think that someone has got it better than you have yeah or you're not you're not doing it right because you you haven't achieved what what you feel like you should by a certain age you know I'm 33 now and I really if you told me sort of five six years ago that I'd still be very 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 single uh and living in London and running my business and and not having that sort of partner support I would have been absolutely devastated to hear really? that. But you're so young. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think that you do, you know, gosh, when you're 22, 23, you think, you know, early 30s are, are ancient and that you should have yeah. get the white picket fence and and the the partner and the children. But I mean, now I've I've come to terms with that and, and made peace with that because I was once told that you maybe can't have it all or, or if you do, not on the mark that you wanted to have it. And I think for me, everything's had to go into my business, particularly to survive through the pandemic. And I've had to make sacrifices and those sacrifices have to be all of my energy just goes into survival of my business, growing my business, uh, catering for the people that I look after. And then everything comes secondary to that. So that's the sacrifices you make to to do the successful people make sacrifices, right? I do agree with that a million percent. And I don't think you can ever have it all. And I don't think anyone ever really has it all. And even when you think you've got it all, I also think that you will naturally move the goalposts as we grow. That is just... That's the trajectory of life, isn't it? What else can I do now? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. And actually for um, episode one of the first season, I had Lou on and we discussed sort of 
basically not having children. We're both 37, not hitting certain societal milestones. But then much the same you and her, you know, you've really put everything into your your careers and that is your focus. I mean, for Lou, she's she's divorced, but it's it's hard. How do you how do you balance? How do you juggle? How do you fit everything in? And whilst you're working so, so hard to to make sure that you've got obviously a good, solid business and a yeah, good solid future. Where do you fit that partner in? Realistically? Yeah. And it's also trying to find someone that understands. Um, I mean, my agency turns five at the end of this year, which is just mental. But when I have met people previously, it doesn't stop for me. My phone doesn't stop if it's in the middle of the night. Um, I, I'm extremely work obsessed. So it's trying to find someone that if I met someone that has a Monday to Friday, nine to five, and they're not entrepreneurial, which wouldn't bother me either way. Mm. It's very difficult for them to meet someone whose life is completely consumed with work and their end goal and, and maybe borderline unhealthy obsession with it but it's it's what makes me happy so I have I have met people previously and it's just not gelled because we're just not of the same mindset if someone can switch their phone off their work phone off at six o'clock at night I'm answering phone calls to dinner like that's we're all different vibes so yeah I'd love that I'd be able to do that but unfortunately I'm probably going to have like a model ringing me at 10 30 at night and I'm going to have to deal with something so (laughs) or go on holidays like actually not work I I can't in the past five years I cannot remember going on holiday and not working it it just doesn't exist I took my mom to Venice a couple of years ago for a 60th and I felt terrible you know we were like you're on this like gondola and I'm like emailing away like it's not glamorous at all People would look at your work and think it's highly, and it is, it's an over-glamorized industry and it's a highly, you know, glamorous industry in the sense of you're dealing with models and and you're out and, you know, you're going to all these social events and people aren't seeing, first and foremost, what you feel that you're missing in the background yeah. and second of all actually the the unglamorous side of it and how little time you get to yourself I just hired a senior model booker um and she's she's incredible but it's definitely the first time I felt in five years that I I can breathe because I've now got someone that I really trust but that 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 took five years to get to that point it wasn't at the beginning at the beginning I was running my agency from my bedroom in Brixton and and answering all sorts of emails be it about finance or be it about model booking or dealing with client complaints I was doing about six jobs so it's only after five years I can now take a breather and just be like ah I'm gonna go away for two days see ya and will you actually do that now and go away and turn your phone off yeah I'm gonna do it I think it'll be a bit of um liberating yeah, yeah I'm gonna do it liberating. <laughs> I'm excited I feel like it'll be I'm gonna to toast to myself and, and think right delete emails from phone and what about you for the dating scene now then that you've got uh you've oh. got someone to take a little bit of the the stress off you with with work are you gonna get yeah. back on the dating scene now that London's back open well funny you should ask oh okay <laughs> I have no I have been considering it I have been but I just I just you just don't know where to start really I, I don't really want to be on dating apps and I think because of COVID people wear masks when they're out they're less inclined to speak to one another on a night out and I don't know Do you think that COVID has created a bit of a disconnect with people then in the dating scene well yeah I thought it was going to do the bipolar opposite to be honest I thought that it would make people want to be more connected and be more sociable and make eye contact when you're out but I really I think people have a bit of fear in them still that everyone's very 
we're all very separate. So I don't, I don't think it's going to, I thought this was going to be summer of 1920s inhibition, but it's just, it's not, it's not. Lots of drinking, lots of partying, lots of sex. And instead kind of in your house with masks on being avoided by other people. Exactly. So yeah, so time will tell. Let's see what happens on the 19th of July. (laughs) Well, he'll probably just say, oh, actually jokes. No, I'm not, I'm not lifting the restrictions. Freedom Day has been pushed back again. So the country has absolutely fried my brain this past year, seriously. So getting back onto comparing yourself to others, the one thing that I've been doing like heaps of research on it, obviously, before we, we hopped on to record, and it shows that over 10%, research has shown that over 10% of our daily thoughts actually involve making a comparison of, of some kind. And then the way that we make a comparison, that can kind of give us a biased account of our own lives or our own skills, or our own experiences. So that sort of like made me think, well, you know, you're always, you said earlier, you worry about not doing life right. Am I doing life right? I don't actually think there is a right or wrong way to do life, just a a you way to do life. But when you look at social comparisons, there's always going to be someone who's prettier, someone who's richer, more talented, more successful, but it's what you deem as more pretty, more talented, you know, more successful. It's it's not actually what society, it's your own thing, isn't it? It's your own, you know, your your own issues, if you like, and your own almost insecurities. For me, I obviously leaving Australia, I I left my career, I left my business, I left everything and I came here. So for me, that's probably why I focus so hard on your business and and your career and your success at sort of back last year, because I was thinking, oh, okay, well, I've got got the husband in the house now, but that's what I'm missing. And particularly, you know, not being a mum, not having children. What else do you focus on? Of course. In the grand scheme of things, what else do you focus on? Well, okay, I want I want a career again. I want a business again. And, you know, I have been lucky enough in the past year to be able to start doing that and building building a business. But, you know, it, it does take time. And, you know, that that is the harsh reality of it. But that's what I will always look at in other women because that's my own, or, you know, almost my own insecurity or or my own inferiority you know when I look at other women who have got successful careers successful businesses those are the women that I look up to those are the women I aspire to be whereas on the flip of that you know and I would say not just yourselves but my other I've got a lot of very successful girlfriends who've got great careers but then they're looking at the, the partner thing and potentially the kid thing if that's the route they want to go down and it's it's hard, like it's a fucking minefield out there, you know? It's exactly what you said, though, that once you, you widen the bar, so once you hit one, whatever you deem to be success, and you hit that one bar, you're like, right, okay, I've done that now, so what do I do next? Whether that be career focus or, right, okay, I've got the career now, okay, right, ready, right, I'm going to get married now, you know, hello, where are you? It's it's that kind of vibe. It's, it's, it's totally unattainable as well because life has to unfold organically and everything has to take its time you know my business is now in a place where I can take us a bit of a step back and that took five years to get there and and I've not been focusing on meeting someone so that'll take a bit of time as well but we're all in such a rush to do everything yesterday and it's it's really unhealthy but when you do everything yesterday there's nothing left for the following day and and that's the point Where, where do you go from there then and you look at women or men who you know 
sort of start businesses in their 40s, start new careers, degrees, whatever in their 40s, get married, start a family in their 40s. And, you know, unfortunately for very much for our generation, and I I do feel that the narrative will change for the next generation a million percent. But for our generation, we're still kind of torn because for our parents, they, you know, they were married, kids, house, whatever generally by the time they're in their 20s so for us we have got a lot more options available to us and and you know we've got a lot more choice but we're still sort of stuck in that that bind that bit of a pull where you think oh god but maybe it should be like that whereas I do think for the next generation they're going to look at us and be like oh we can do whatever we want we don't you know we don't need to get married we don't need to have kids we don't need to have a successful degree career whatever by the time we're we're 25 and and they will everything will happen a lot later in life yeah I completely agree we're we're definitely we're definitely holding to that standard of you turn 30 and then that's when you settle down and that's when you begin adulting and you know god forbid you've not had kids by 35 whoa you know and it's it's terrible because there's there's not enough spoken about this you know there's not been um there hasn't been uh any any tests and evidence of fertility for men since the 1960s I read the other day a really interesting article so since the 1960s there hasn't uh what's the word I'm looking for they they haven't done trials and research so in the day that we're in the age that we're living in now people still live by the fact that they think if they don't have children by the time they're 35 that this will actually hinder them ever having children we don't know this, any of this. There's no medical evidence yeah. for, for however many years to prove this. So we're actually living on old news. Life expectancies, you know, double what it was. It's crazy. The world's, you know, it's different. Things have changed, but we've almost like not moved with the times. It's, it's really bizarre. Things have changed, but the narrative hasn't. The narrative has, hasn't changed, yes. It's, I think particularly for women and particularly for women in business as well. It's hard, I think, to, definitely for women in business because because you are trying to give your all to your yourself, to your career. And like you said, unfortunately, dating, men, marriage, kids, whatever, naturally is going to take a bit of a, you know, bit of a backseat. Yeah. But then uh, not from you, you know, or, or women like yourselves, but from society, there's that, that pressure that then makes you put pressure on your, your own self because, sure. because everyone around you is. And you feel like, it's that constant like ticking time bomb and to be fair like even you know even when you're you're married if you're not putting pressure on a ticking time bomb for the marriage thing you are for buying a house you know why why have you got to own a house where where does it say where's the unspoken rule here you know like where does it say you have to own a house you don't have to own a house no for the rest of your life if you want and you can have a good savings nest egg for the future and a lot of people are choosing not to buy properties because they want to live in major cities central obviously very very expensive and that's okay too you know we're allowed to make these these sort of life choices but unfortunately it's society around us that makes us feel that we we can't that it's wrong that we're, we're doing it wrong yeah basically I am um, I remember when I turned 30 I had a 30th birthday party in London and one in Edinburgh and and the one in London was a lot of my successful female friends who who work in similar industries to myself and then I had my family one in Edinburgh and the the question that was dominating my 30th birthday was so have you met someone yet 
And I was like, I just, and I'd had this, these amazing, I just picked a few big campaigns for work. And I thought, wow, no one has asked about my job. Not one person, but have you met someone yet was, was a deciding factor whether I had succeeded by this age that I turned that we were all there to celebrate. And I thought, this is mental. It's because that's what they know. And I do believe that it is more of a small small town mentality if you like because if I think about when we lived in Sydney and our life in Sydney people weren't overly interested in whether you had got married if you had a partner if you had a child it was you know what has brought you here why are you living here what are you doing they're they're interested in actually you not these not these sort of like things that are orbiting around you that a small town mentality would deem as successful because when you're in a major city people are more focused on your own personal growth not on all the other sort of boxes that they you know they feel you need to tick and I do think as well it it makes people ask these questions and people hold judgment because if it doesn't if they're looking at you and it doesn't match their own lives they don't understand it yeah it's I guess speaking a different language to some people for sure so like even for me like no kids well, no kids really but you're married well yeah no kids no I mean it, it just it is not something that sits comfortably it doesn't feature on my radar it's not something I, I've you know overly wanted ever in my life but it does really you know for a lot of people they're like oh it, they don't understand it they just don't understand it I think people sometimes go on the defensive as well because if you are swimming against the grain which you and I both are doing by society's standards. Don't you think we've done that by society's standards though for as long as we've known each other? Yeah, we have. we get on so well. It was just like, right, what's going to make everyone else feel really awkward, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. or not be able to comprehend? Oh, okay, well, we're going to do that, or we're going to say that, or we're going to behave like that. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) We've definitely, you know, the the ocean's been going one way, and you and I have been swimming against it forever. (laughs) You ever think, like, why why am I so hell-bent on making my life so difficult? Yes, every day, (laughs) actually, every day. That's, yeah, that's a common denominating thought that goes around my brain I literally like I do you know I am very very grateful for the the life that I've got for the you know for the life that myself and my husband have built together but I can't help but compare the things that I don't have in my life and you know it's sad it's really quite sad because if I were to just sit and allow myself to be actually I'm very very lucky I'm very blessed I've got a lovely partner lovely home you know, loving marriage, so on and so forth. But for me, and it's obviously just in my makeup, I can't help but compare myself and and look at other people's lives. I like city life. That's the thing. So I do. It's it's funny. So my best friend lives in Central. So she sees this as her like retreat, her country retreat. I'm coming for a little holiday and I'm like, fuck, get me into Central. Like I just want a night out. (laughs) So, you know, it's, you always want kind of what you, you haven't got. And probably if I was in the middle of a major city, I would crave after some of the more laid back. Yeah. Yeah. Of of my life now. But again, I'm just constantly, constantly comparing. I do it every day, healthy or not. I even compare my life now to my life pre moving to the UK. And I crave after that and in an ideal world I would pick my husband up and put him in that life and it would be great you know that was literally but it seems like you can't you can't have it all even when you want it all and the thing about the comparison as well as is if you really put yourself in that box like if you did take your husband and you put him in Sydney would it 
would it be as lovely as it is? It doesn't, it has to work, it has to work the way it works. And again, you've had to make a sacrifice in order to make that work. Like, this is what I mean. We're all making, it all may look lovely on surface level, but we've all made some really bold decisions, uh, some decisions that maybe don't sit well with us, craving, craving to be in another country or craving to be in a relationship. There's always that want for more. I was actually talking with a girlfriend of mine about comparison and comparing yourselves to others. And she said, well, the only person you should ever compare yourself to is yourself, you know, your old self. And that that works great when you have progressed. But then also, if you feel in certain areas that you've regressed, it's it's hard to compare yourself to your old self because there are elements of your old self that you or your old life, I should say, that you still you still want. You know, I do. I still want those elements of my old life, but I just want to be able to put elements of my new life together with my old life. And it's not realistic. The standards that I set aren't realistic. That doesn't stop me every day sort of wanting them, unfortunately. Yeah, but we also live in this world of... um you know, social media. So you you will be following, you know, maybe a horrible British weather day and you're following someone in Australia and you see these blue skies and the beach and it's, you're, you're being confronted all the time as yeah. well. And, and if you weren't constantly being confronted by a visual, then would you crave it the same? I don't know. I, I think there's something in that as well. Like I know that you're craving an experience, but I think when something's been thrown at you all the time, that it's really difficult to, to just be. It is really difficult to just be definitely. And I think that for me, I'm, cre- I'm craving a, I'm craving a lifestyle. So I had a very specific lifestyle out there and I was, oh, I am very, very outdoorsy and obviously weather is definitely not permitting here unless you want to be fucking freezing or soaking wet so for me I think that's what I keep looking at and definitely it's hard obviously a lot of my friends are there probably the same as you as well and you know you're seeing this stuff coming up constantly every day on your news feed it it, it does make it harder because it's in your face 24 7 but then what do you do disconnect from from your old life and your old friends that you know that's not realistic either no it's not it's it's comforting to know that we do all all feel this way though the more conversations that I have in my adult life the more that I'm coming to terms with the fact that everyone feels like everyone else is doing it better or doing it in the way that they feel that they should be doing it and it's it's almost like self-shaming like you, you look at someone's life and think, well, if if they have this perfect relationship or they have this perfect beach life or whatever, like what is it that I've done wrong to not have that rather than just, um, tr- what, what's that I mean that's like trust the timing of your life, you know? I do believe in trust in the timing of your life, but I also think that you have to be the driving factor in your life because sure. you can't just rely on timing and hope it all falls into place. Sure. And- like nobody ever shows the struggles. Nobody ever shows the shit times. So I think your expectations of how your life is going to look and, and it's all about timing and it's all going to be okay. That they're, they're probably not realistic for any of us. It will play out how it's going to play out. And there will be highs and lows of the whole situation, if that makes sense. But you just, you kind of have to, you do have to go with it and accept that there's going to be shit times too. So let's debunk a little bit of FOMO. 
because yeah. that is just a I'm actually fucking sick of hearing that phrase <laughs> unless it's off my girlfriends and they're like oh you're on a night out and I've got FOMO but people generally do believe that they're spending more time alone and they sort, sort of their comparisons is that they're comparing themselves to highly visible social people so yes. people think that they're the only ones that are spending all of this time alone maybe don't have that strong social network millions of friends you know always out and and that's just because not everyone chooses to to put the the downtimes of their life you know out there to the world it's only those sort of like high moments for me I don't know where I was going with this but for me I do suffer with terrible FOMO because I'm looking at other people's lives and thinking like why am I not out 24 7 you know why am I not surrounded by people all the time and and I'm not even sure if that makes I don't even know if that makes sense as you get older anyway because your acquaintances fall by the wayside and you're just left with your core friends but you can't help but crave that almost I have made probably 80% of my bad life decisions based on FOMO. So knowing knowing that I shouldn't go places because I'm tired, but the fear of missing out, I've had this since I was a child. Like I I was driven by FOMO and it's just got, I thought it would ease off as I got my thirties, but it's actually just got worse. And I I truly believe that the digital world has, has really been a factor in this. I've noticed it a lot recently with summer because when when the sun was shining and everyone's got their pins and their rosy wine out and I I really felt the pressure to to be out and I was tired and I was working nonstop and it just just driving myself into the ground and it was it was was driven by FOMO It, it isn't good there's a psychologist called um Leon Festinger and he basically did it's going back years ago like literally I think in like the 50s or 60s and he did um, a whole research uh, paper on people who regularly compare themselves to like those around them and what they're missing out on or what they think they're missing out on. And he was saying that when you're comparing yourself to others, you're actually more likely to develop feelings of depression and isolation anyway, because you are comparing and it's you're comparing yourself to like an unrealistic standard almost. And then yeah. saying for people that will overly compare, then they will actually begin to start lying about their lives because they want their lives to seem better than what they are and I agree with that because to 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 a degree we all do it all of us every day when we post on social media we all do it look at the like I posted a picture of the girls at lunch um I just went away on a girls weekend and that was great and we all had our hair and makeup done but I didn't post the pictures of us looking like absolute homeless tramps like trudging yeah. through like the the woods or down the beach or whatever you only ever post the the, the glamorized stuff so we're all kind of lying a little bit if you like yeah we are and it's also even like a caption if you've had a bit of a bad morning and then you post it's like oh throwback Thursday or whatever it is they call it and just to make yourself feel better for the likes <laughs> yeah exactly and it's validation so yeah I can completely understand why we like artificialize things in our life because it is we, we're creating an artificial unrealistic unattainable highlight reel that we're not even achieving ourselves it's like 
Oh, we are. It's crazy. But we've been trained. Comparison has literally been like deeply ingrained into us since childhood. Think about it. Like when you're at school and, you know, who's who's in top set maths, who's making the best grades. Um, Sports day. I mean, I actually had a conversation with my girlfriend about this on the weekend and she's saying uh, her niece's school, they've taken away first, second, third place for sports day, which I agree with. Um, yeah. And she said she didn't. She said, because I think kids have to learn to lose. But I, I was like, yeah, but then for parents who are putting a lot on their children, it takes the pressure off, doesn't it? And I can remember saying to my girlfriend, um, oh God, going back a few years ago, her little girl was over with her and she said, so I've got my sports day. And I was like, oh, like, that's fun. Yeah. I said, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. So it's like rather about winning. Her mum's like about winning. And I said, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just, I'm not competitive, by the way. I don't have a competitive bone in my body. And I'm more likely to just let someone win because I don't care. And I said, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, you win or lose. It's just going to be fun to take part. And her mum went, no, it's not. She went, she's got to win. And I was like, sorry. And then my husband chimed in, at, yeah, like no, no, nobody, nobody cares about second place. And I was like, guys, like she, I think she was about six oh. or seven at the time. And I was like, guys, there's a lot of pressure to be putting on like a little, and they were like, well, no, but it is what it is. And they were of the mentality that you've got to be a winner to succeed. So they're yeah. pushing that, you know, and it is, it's, it is pushed into us from childhood. And that unfortunately will then be carried through into our later lives because it's it's so deeply ingrained from a young age without parents even realizing or schools maybe even realizing they're doing it that we are just going to carry that through into adulthood unfortunately yeah of course but we're also subconsciously like almost putting ourselves up against one another as well and and that's the thing it's to to be competitive as a child and then you go into adulthood and you're watching other people maybe do similar things to you and perhaps doing it better mentally you're putting yourself in a race with everyone else it's yeah. pathogen and that's there's nothing healthy about that I do think that in some ways uh, social comparison can help with mm-hmm. self-development if it's used as an effective tool for self-motivation and like a realistic tool so if you're gonna set unrealistic standards then I think you're going to be left feeling pretty unfulfilled but if you so I I did I wrote this thing down so I my kind of thing was if you make a list of the top 10 people right like if listeners who are listening now like pause it just just pause the podcast get a pen and paper and you make a list of the top 10 people that you look up to that you might aspire to be obviously going from 10 to one one being the person you would absolutely kill to be like and and 10 being someone who's got qualities that you know you would like if you're constantly comparing yourself to sort of numbers one to three it's unrealistic you're probably never going to be like them they're probably I don't know like like fucking celebrities multimillionaires I don't know supermodels whatever it might whatever it might be that you know you're looking to attain but if you start comparing yourself to say number seven to ten it's more realistic isn't it you're you're trying to attain more realistic standards and expectations so that self-comparison then can be used as a more I think effective tool for self-development as opposed to being detrimental and just making yourself feel even more shit do you know who you're do you know who any of yours would be oh who would mine be people that I would like to be do you know what like it's really funny so since getting into podcasting I look at a lot of other podcasters and there's podcasters that I would kill to be like I love their content I love I love their chat I love what they put out there so I think probably I would look look 
to then. But then say you're looking at the podcast world, you know, if I'm looking at like fucking Joe Rogan, then yeah, I'm never going to be Joe Rogan. He's going to be number one. Of course, every podcaster wants to be like him, but but it's not going to happen. So if you look at numbers seven to 10, they're probably going to be people who are in the podcast charts. They do put some good content out. They've got, they've got a good listener base, but you know, they're not the Joe Rogans of society. And it's not to say that, you know, you'll never get there, but the chances are most of us won't. So if you're constantly trying to achieve that, you're just going to be left feeling really deflated. Whereas if you're looking at the people seven to 10, well, you, you could, you could get there, you know, you, you genuinely could. And it was funny because I had, um, uh, I got talking so randomly the other week to, um, to a listener and she sent me a message in my DMs and I, it was a strange one because she, so her life and, and, if she's listened to this episode, she's going to know exactly who she is. Um, so I hope she doesn't mind. I won't say her name, but I hope she doesn't mind me sort of talking about this. But I look at her life and she lives overseas in Europe and she's got an absolutely phenomenal looking life. So yeah. she's self-made. She's got her own business um, and she moved from her country of origin and set up a life in this new country. And I think that she is living her life in complete true and honest alignment with what she wants so I looked at her Instagram because you know we we have interacted and she put a post up and I said oh wow like it looks so beautiful blah 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 blah. and then she came back to me and said well to me your life looks beautiful I aspire to have what you've got in your life and I was like wow and I said you know and she did put out the the case of you know like marry this that the other and I said but you were you were living the life that you wanted to build so and then she said yeah but I haven't got da 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 and I said well you need to change the narrative because you might not have that but you have got like x y and z so therefore you you have to appreciate what you've managed to build not look at what you still haven't quite got and I was just like wow fuck like we are both looking at each other's lives like I'm looking at her life thinking it's incredible like this is incredible and and she's still lusting after something else and vice versa and, and it's just so sad like I don't know why we do this to ourselves of course I think it's it's also perception and I'm being as you said grateful for what you've got it's something that I'm working on at the moment is trying to sit at the end of each day and just writing a list if it's five things to just bring me back because it's very easy to get ahead of yourself. Just bring me back just the little things that have sort of happened throughout my day. And, and it, it really is helping me because I, I reached one goal and it was becoming exhausting to try and just get to the next thing all the time. And it's, it's not healthy. So you're talking about like journaling? Journaling, yeah, like not even journaling. It's just I've just got like a little notepad beside my bed, a list of five things. Uh, it could be someone smiling at me on the street. It's not always career based because I'm mm. also trying to pull myself out of every single positive thing in my life just being about my career. I'm trying to look at the external because there's lots of other good things as well, but it's, it's harder to see those, right? It is harder to see them when you're in them. But if someone were to take away your loving, supportive family, your great network of friends, your amazing dog, you know, my dog, no, 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 nobody can take that away. Definitely not. But you know, you, you kind of do take those things for granted. Yeah. You just assume they're going to be there. They're all there just floating around you. So you just assume they're going to be there. And they're what's, they are the factors that make everything, everything else possible. That's your A to your Z, really. It is. I agree with that, definitely. But unfortunately, when you're in it, you don't see it. 
No. I think. And I, I heard some sad news yesterday. Um, uh, someone I, I know, they're, they're sick. They've gotten sick and, you know, it's, it's not looking good. And you just think if you were to, God forbid for any of us, if you were to receive that news and you knew that you only had a limited amount of, of time left, what would you want in your life? What would you want around you? Would those social comparisons even matter? None of it would matter, would it? It would just be about having like a good, loving, kind, supportive network of good people around you, be that friends, family, whatever it is. Those are the most important things, a million percent. It's really apparent what the evidence is, is that we all feel like we're all doing it better or that we're missing out or we're not doing it right. Someone's more educated on life than we are, but we're just all just fumbling our way through it. All just hustling our way through life. That's mostly my motto for life. And that's, that was the, the, the whole thing for the podcast is we're all just hustling our way through life. None of us have got our shit together. None of None us of- know what the fuck we're actually doing. We're no. just winging it, hoping for the best and seeing how it all pans out. And it might work, it might not. But you know, like nothing's a failure, is it? If you actually think about it. If you break it down, nothing's a failure. If you set up a business and it, it like Richard Branson, he set up a million businesses before he was a success. If you set up a business and it doesn't work, that's not a failure. You're gaining experience. If you you have a relationship or a marriage and it doesn't work and that, that marriage or relationship breakdown, well, then you've gained something from that and you've learned from your experience. If you, I don't know, invest in a shit property and it's got a million problems wrong with it, will you either do it up or, <laughs> or, or not and sell it and move? But you learn from it everything you do you learn from the experience you grow it's what makes us us that's part of life isn't it it really is there's a poem called the man in the arena I don't know if you've heard of it but basically it's about no one no one can judge you until they put themselves in the arena whether that be vulnerable enough to be in a marriage or a relationship or whether that be bold enough or confident enough to go out and do a business on their own or start a podcast you know like no one can judge or compare themselves to you because they've actually just not walked in that path at all yet it was terrifying when I think about actually when it I knew that it was what I wanted to do I wanted to do the podcast but the thought of actually doing it and putting myself out there and the the judgment and the criticism you know it was absolutely terrifying and I didn't know if I would be well received or not you know I've been very very lucky I've had lovely reviews I haven't had any like trolling or you know I've had a very positive experience but that's not to say that I will continuously have a positive experience and I am a very over opinionated person and I do have some quite controversial opinions so you know it's a risk isn't it putting yourself out there such a risk but I think if you do anything in good intention and and for example you know this podcast is amazing because it really just gives everyone a minute to think ah okay you know it's not just me over here that's feeling inadequate or or feeling like I'm failing that's that's why it's so so impressive and I'm bold to do that but you know when I started Phoenix I had no idea what I was doing some days I some days I still don't and I just I try my best and and I get up every day and, and put effort into it and try and give everyone around me love and 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 support and hopefully it all works out the way it's going and if it doesn't, you still would have learned something. And if it doesn't, on to the next project. <laughs> yeah. And then what are you going to do? You know, like sort of lie in your bed and not try. You know, you have to try. You do have to try every single day. And I think every single day is such a fucking challenge. It oh. is such a fucking challenge. And I wish that women would be more, and men, you know, I wish people, sorry, would be more open and honest about actually how difficult it is 
as much as I might put, you know, a very like lovely glamorized looking life on social media, life is really difficult. The, the trials, the tribulations, the emotional turmoil, the stresses of day of my daily life of living in my skin, it's fucking hard. And I am not too proud to admit that or say that, you know, it is difficult. I have had mental health struggles. I have had physical health struggles. You know, I've had friendship problems, family problems, relationship problems. And, and I am I am honest enough and I'm comfortable enough now with myself to be able to admit those things, which I think when people are trying to cover those things up, it's almost like they have an element of shame. And if you just say, fuck, this is really hard. Like I fucked up doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's so nice for the next person to be like, oh my God, do you know what? Me too. I just didn't want to admit it. And, and it makes you feel better. It's doing a disservice to yourself and everyone around you because it's also that's also exhausting putting a face on it all the time. That that's that's a, an energy drain for yourself to wake up and yeah, everything's fine. You know, it's life is a what, what do they say? It's like an uphill battle. It is, unfortunately. It, is. it really fucking is. And you just and I think if you are open and honest, so you know, I do know, I know women who will always they won't step out of the house. And you know, this is not me knocking anyone, but they won't step out of the house without a full face of makeup, perfect clothes. They say their lives are perfect, their marriage is perfect, their career is perfect, their children are perfect, whatever it is. It's, you, you know they're full of shit. You know that's not realistic, but they they they're so afraid to appear vulnerable or weak when actually it's the strength will come from you admitting that you've got an issue and other people being like oh my god we can connect over this because I'm feeling the same way and before you know it you're a lot stronger because it's strength in numbers so to start rounding things up this was like my theory on things I think the best way to get over this and I don't know if you agree so this is the best way to get over keeping up with the Joneses and comparison being the complete thief of joy is every time you are feeling shit you should sit down I think like you said about making a list in the evening so maybe like once a week check in with yourself or if you're feeling shit check in with yourself and make a list of all the things that you are proud of because it's amazing how much we take for granted on on the daily and how much other people are actually looking at those things in our lives and wishing you know there are people out there wishing that they could actually be us which makes me laugh so fucking much because if anyone was me I would really just want to give them a hug but but (laughs) I'm like don't want to be inside my head trust me I totally understand that but you know I do think that that is it's just about connecting with yourself and touching base with your own reality and being open and honest enough like to say these are things that I am proud of and you know what these things that I'm struggling with I'm not the only one yeah it is it really is I I definitely I've noticed such a difference that since I've started to to write things down because you're right we're taking it all for granted which is every day every day Right. Well, I will love you and leave you. It has been amazing chatting with you today. Um, To any of the listeners, I will apologise in advance if there's some like random bittiness. I'll be of cutting out drills, cutting out echoes, <laughs> stopping and starting conversations. I just want you to work hard at your techie skills over there. Look, I'll set you a challenge for the day. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> but thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. 
As always, guys, thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed today's show and you aren't already, then make sure you click follow on whatever platform you're listening on to subscribe and be first in line for the drop of next week's show. If you're an Apple listener as well, I'd be super grateful if you could leave a quick review. Reviews help the algorithm, helps reach more people. More people that listen, the more shows I put out. So it's all good. And I'm really grateful to all of you as well that do share the shows and the posts from my Instagram on your socials. I've got heaps of great shows lined up for you guys for season two. So make sure you tune in next week. And I hope you all have an absolutely awesome week.